Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the On Point Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Greg Locke, and today we're going to talk about three things you know very well around here on this show, faith, family, and politics. One of the things I love about this show is every single week we get to have some of the most amazing guests on the show. And I'll be honest, some of them are a bit more iconic than the others, and today we have a generational icon, and we are going to be talking today to Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog, thank you so much for being on On Point with Pastor Greg Locke. We are honored to have you, sir. Oh, yes, sir. My pleasure, brother. Call me dog or brother, not sir. <laughs> All right. Not not sir dog, brother dog. Amen. Well, I am yes. so honored yes. that, that you're on the program. Wow, you have just really been making the rounds lately, and it seems like the Lord is doing some unbelievable things in your life and uh, with your organization. And really, what I want to do is I want to kind of start for our listeners. Like I said a moment ago, I know that you're a generational icon. This one will be both uh, visible, people can see it video-wise, as well as all of our iTunes platforms and all of that. But just for a moment, I want you to drill back and just kind of take us to kind of the, the explosion of who you are and kind of how everything started television-wise. Uh, what was kind of your real rise to fame? And was it a, a slow, organic process or super overnight? Cool you asked that. Thank you for calling me an icon, brother, from an ex-con to an icon. <laughs> there you go, man. All in 42 years. Well, uh, uh, let me say it like this. My friend, a local newspaper, did an interview with him the other day. And it's my oldest friend, we went to third grade together. And they said, "What uh, since Dog's gotten famous, has he changed any bit? And he said, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Ever since we were kids, he's been famous in his own mind. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't changed at all. Always thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> it just so, kind of eventually yeah. caught up to you, huh? <laughs> yes, it did. Thank you. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so when the show started in its originality, ha- had you already been doing some social media things, or did the show kind of put you guys on the map when you started chasing people around and things like that? Well, I think, uh, no, the show started in 2004. I uh, met Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. a motivational speaker in 1981. And uh, he heard my story and I had I had arrested about 1500. I'm up to over 8000 now. Wow. But Tony Robbins put me in his first book, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. And so he I was a guest speaker for him at his seminar. So wow. Uh, I think that's when, you know, Tony gave me a, a hand up Yeah, because that book is, I think, still rated number one on the New York Times bestseller. But I contribute, I think, the Tony Robbins to, uh, you know, getting my name out there. But I had done several other shows for Hollywood. Martin Sheen, I, I partnered up with Martin Sheen at one of Tony Robbins, uh, how do we say, 10-day gigs. Yeah. I, I used to be a guest speaker. And then he said, you're going to take this course. I'm like, oh, I know everything. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, you don't. And I met Martin Sheen, who the actor. Right? Yeah. And Martin Sheen said, I'm going to tell you something. After being with me a couple of days, he said, you need to be on television. Wow. And so he said, you need to meet this guy. And I'm sure you know his name by the name of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. <laughs> so I met Ozzy and Sharon way back in the late eighties. And then in the nineties, uh, I, I was on Ozzy's show a couple times and the fans just started writing in, you know, who is this guy? <laughs> then we did a show in the late eighties called the secret world of bounty hunters. Wow. And that, that kind of, uh, started getting my name out there besides Tony Robbins book. Yeah. 
The secret world of bounty hunters. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I have a pastor friend that is also a, a bounty hunter, and it is a secret world. There is no doubt. There is a lot that goes into that behind the scenes. People don't recognize oh, yes. the, the danger that really is involved in a life like that. Absolutely. Well, there were three bounty hunters when I started, and uh, Leonard Padilla, uh, me, and uh, what was his name? I'll think of it in a minute. But there was yeah. really only three that were out there. So a dying breed until I revived it. Now yeah. there's 8,500 across America. Oh my goodness, man. You talk about yeah. a revival. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You yes. really kicked that industry up a notch then. Well, they ought to be right, super right. grateful to you. No doubt about that. Correct. And then 2001, uh, one of Max Factor's great grandchildren was charged with 87 counts of rape. Mm. Andrew Stewart Luster. And so all these bounty hunters, you know, start saying, no, I'm the best. He's not the best. And Andrew Luster became the trophy of all, all the bounty hunters across the nation started chasing him. And, you know, with God's help, completely with God's help, I caught him and in Mexico. And then I was jailed in Mexico because you're not allowed to bounty up there. But uh, the Mexican government had favor God like he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Yeah. He saw the heart of President Fox in Mexico. And uh, the uh, while I was in jail, the newspaper came out in Mexico with my picture, and it said, if you see this man, buy him a drink. <laughs> and so uh, I think my name, see, I remember one time my lawyer, Marty Singer, out of Hollywood said, People, when they say the word dog anymore, they don't mean a canine. They mean you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, and God was behind every single bit of it. So yeah. I give the glory to G-O-D. Amen. Well, absolutely. Well, that that's a good segue and transition into what I want to talk about, because, you know, a lot of people would be like, wow, why is this guy talking about the Lord? Why is he talking about God? Kind of give us a little bit about your transition into that and just kind of spiritually uh, the journey that you've been on with Christ and things. I think people will find that super interesting. Oh, thank you. So I was raised in the Assemblies of God. Yeah. Most of us all were, right? <laughs> right? And yeah. so my mother my mother uh, prayed constantly for me every single day. She prayed more for me than any of the other kids. Wow. And I would listen to her, and she'd say, you know, she always told me, you've been called into the ministry mm. and this and that. So I joined an outlaw motorcycle club when I was 16. And by the time I was 23, I was put in prison in Texas for a five-year sentence, which I only did 18 months out of. Wow. And while in prison, I uh, I was elevated to warden's barber. So I was always in my barber shop one day. Uh, one of my friends, his mother or his auntie had died. So when someone dies when they're in prison, a family member, they put you in the hole because they yeah. know you're going to run. Wow. So as they were escorting him to the hole, my barber shop was outside the prison gate. He took off running down the road and I couldn't let the guards kill him. So I mm. took out after him and I tackled him on the dirt road. And I didn't know right behind me was a lieutenant. And as I tackled him, the lieutenant threw down these handcuffs in the dust and said, hook him up, bounty hunter. (laughs) And I said, wait a minute, bounty hunter. (laughs) And I always watched, you know, the Lone Ranger. And you're too young, but Steve McQueen (laughs) wanted dead or alive. And he was always the the guy that 
you know, save the blonde tied to the railroad track. Yeah. And he always had, they had a past yet their future was with law enforcement and the Lord. So uh, when I got out of prison in 1979, I went straight to the post office and got me a copy of the top 10 most wanted. And I became instead of dog disciple, devil's disciples, I became dog, the bounty hunter. (laughs) And I, I captured one of the FBI's top men and of course, it made the FBI like, wow, who is this guy? Yeah. So they took me underneath their wings and started training me and started giving me different warrants. And, wow. you know, I started using, I always prayed for the main gift I wanted was discernment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe not to tell the future, but to say, you know, where these guys would be or who's mm-hmm. got a demon in them. And so I prayed many times that God, my, my Future wife's making me butt my shirt. Sorry. I, <laughs> she's like that. But I, uh, so I pray that God would use that gift. Yeah, absolutely. This, and I said, Lord, you know, what do I do? And he said, you're going to chase the devil's herd. Hmm. But I'm going to tell you, he said, every time you catch one of them, I want you to put them back together better than they were when you started. And I, you know, not, I don't necessarily want you to beat Jesus down their throat. Sure. But I kind of did that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. Woke them, and there was an old saying back then. It said, "Dog Chapman, blood in one eye and a tear in the other. He'll mm. beat you down and then call you brother." <laughs> so I started doing that. Yeah, beat them down, calling them brother, putting them in the back seat, and giving them a little bit of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's beautiful. You know, Jesus was the perfect balance of grace and truth, and so sometimes you got to be super hard, but have some grace on the other side, and so. I think that's beautiful. You know, the tagline for our church is where broken people find new meaning to life. And so there's all a bit of brokenness in every one of us. And so I, I yes. appreciate the fact that you can be real just demonstrative and hard in one sense. And then, like you said, have a tear in your eye in the other sense. And I think that's a lot of the part of a guy like you that maybe people don't see. They think, oh, that's just this hardened, you know, Hollywood type of an actor guy. But behind all of that, you're really just a guy that loves people and you really do want to help people and you want to get people out of trouble. And I think that's the part that people miss in the media sometimes. And so I think I think that's beautiful. And the fact that you give glory to God even makes it more beautiful. You know, you, you were raised around this. You've been in this the entirety of your life. And I love how you talk about, you know, operating in the spiritual gifts, you know, who has a demon, who doesn't, you know, not necessarily that you're trying to foretell the future, but who really does need some help? Where are these people at? And I think the average person would find it intriguing that someone like yourself, not, not somebody like me, they expect me as a pastor to lean on the leadership of the Lord, but a guy like you to say, man, I'm just, I'm just leading on the Lord. Any success I have has come from the Lord. He shows me where to go. He shows me what to do. That is beautiful. Hands down, that is beautiful. And I think that's the side of Brother Dog that people need to hear, that people need to see. Oh, thank you very much. We were the first show we ever shot. uh, We captured this guy, of course, and cameras were all in the car. And he said, uh, Dog, I I looked in the rearview mirror as I tilted it, and I said, Floyd, what's wrong with you? And he said, dog, I have a real, when you were chasing me, I stepped on a bottle or something and I cut my foot. Mm. And so I told the cameras, you know, cut right now. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And they put the cameras down and I called for my team, my kids. And I said, go get a bandaid and, you know, stop by here, get some gauze and Floyd, you hungry? And he goes, dog, I'm so hungry. I've been eating in eight days. Mm. I said, go buy McDonald's and get a double, triple Whopper. 
And so we brought the band-aids and I fixed his foot and then I fed him. Mm. I gave him a little bit of the Lord, told Floyd, you need to straighten out your life. (laughs) And so the day the show premiered in 2004, it was an hour show. So we were in New York at this high muckamucka theater, right? And you could see me capturing him and catching him. And then there was an intermission before the second hour. And uh, little did I know that the red light on a camera meant it was still on. Mm. And the guy tucked it, but he used another one to film Floyd's redemption. Oh, wow. And, and so the second part of the show started and I was like, oh, no, all my Christian friends are going to say, there he goes, throwing his pearls before the swine. And I thought, boy, that was a quick career, you know, one show in and out. And at the end of the show, I got a standing ovation. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, they liked it. Wow. And then I, I noticed that when I did book signings and all that, I would have a lot of people to come, you know, buy the book because they wanted to meet the dog. Yeah. And so I would say, how many of you people like the takedown? And of course, the first 10 Marines in the front row would go, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then I'd say, well, what do you guys like? And they said, what happens in that backseat ride? Mm. So I had no idea that Christians would wow. Okay, say that. I thought, well, they're going to really not like me now. <laughs> but it, it turned out that they really liked the backseat ride actually more than the capture. Wow. It just showed, I think, a realness, kind of a rawness to to a different side of you. What what would you be able to say is maybe what's one of the longest runs that you've been on? One of the longest, you know, catches it took you to, to find somebody. How how long did it take? Well, it took me uh, 62 days to catch Andrew Luster. Wow. 62 uh, days. Uh, that, he was the longest capture. And you in, in Hollywood or in television, as you know, mm-hmm. you get so much per episode as yeah. far as money goes. They go, they allocate the network goes here to the producer. Here's much, here's how much money you get, you know, and if you run out of money and you don't catch the guy, then we're going to name that show. The one that got away. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no. You're <laughs> so we prayed, you know, a and E let us say in Jesus name, because yeah. no net, no other network because yep. you knew would not do that. Wow. And so I would like, not tease the Lord, but I've got yeah. a teasing, some kind of teasiness with him. And I'd say a prayer. I'd say, Lord, it's Tuesday. Now we've been looking for this guy for three days. So you're going to look pretty bad on Thursday night <laughs> if we don't get you. So I put, uh, not that I put God in a trick bag. No, I got a, you. <laughs> I don't know what the word you use for, but, <laughs> no. yeah. but I would always say, God, you know, you're the one wanting me catching this guy. Yeah. Out of hundreds of thousands of warrants out for people, you pick John for me to catch. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to say anything to him, Lord, if you don't show me where he's at? Wow. Or you don't help me. So many times the the uh, cameras, I would stop and say, turn right, turn left, go straight. No, go left, go right. Boom, there he was. Wow. So people's, people thought, in the beginning, all that's set up. That's not real reality. And I would say, listen, I, if my camera crew misses the shot, I can't say to the fugitive, could you run again and let me tase you again? That's the <laughs> shot. So it was, it was, and I don't know if it still is, but it was the first real reality show 
without a script ever in America. Wow. And that, that brought on, of course, several other shows. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say the Kardashians, but some sure. like the Kardashians that people just thought, well, wow, this is this is the new wave of that part of television reality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was real reality there. Are you still able to do any of that or you have a license expired? I'm not real sure how all that works. Do you still are you still able to be on the hunt for folks? Or have you just gotten out of the game altogether? Well, no, you when I started, you anybody could bounty hunt. So today you have to be certified, licensed, pasteurized, harmonized, this and that. Uh, my girl is a rancher and a farmer, but she like carries a gun and a sawzall. Yeah, a sawzall. And, so, <laughs> and she is not violent, but she is feisty. <laughs> yes. So she loves to bounty hunt. I've taken her a couple of times yeah. and I had no idea. She's a hunter. She hunts with bows. Oh, wow. Animals. And so I had no idea how good she was. So I don't want to say she gets turned on because we're on a Christian network here, <laughs> but she gets excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. I, I just love, I love capture. We're working on one right now. Yeah. So well, good. Constantly, uh, as you know, television and radio and podcasts don't pay the bills. Yeah. Come so, on. But the bounty hunter, the reward does. So, yeah, we're, we're, I'm still in it. We captured a guy the other day. He said, Dog, you're cheating. I said, Why? You know so much about this man. You got to give it a chance. He didn't have a fighting chance. Uh, well, maybe as a no. pastor, maybe I'm more of a bounty hunter than I thought, because I sure do got to find a lot of lost sheep sometimes. I, where you guys been for the last few weeks, the last month or so? So I don't know. Maybe I need a guy like you to go out and uh, hunt them up for me and bring them in. Let me let me change gears a little bit and ask you this. Uh, what are you seeing right now, in especially in our nation, in the American landscape that really – I know I can be super encouraged because we're watching, you know, prophecy be fulfilled and all of this, but you can be a little bit discouraged. What, what are you seeing? What are the transitions that you're seeing? What, what is it that you're like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe we are seeing this in this nation right now. Can you maybe talk to a little bit about that? Well, you know, of course, the, the changing of the guard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I uh, am, I'm not a pacifist, but right. I, as I was praying about it, I realized God said, listen, I hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Yes, he did. And my fancy reminded me or told me that the Bible says that the government is on Jesus's shoulder. Mm -hmm. So my father was in the Navy and used to say to me, I don't care who the president of the United States is. He's still the president of these here United States. <laughs> and I remember when President Kennedy of course, is a Catholic, and he was yeah. the first Catholic that was ever voted in as president. And everybody was like, oh, my God, here comes the mark of the beast. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, well, you're young, but I remember it. And I also remember the first time we took the sugar cube for polio vaccine. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to change your dick. Well, they didn't call it DNA then. It was yeah. molecule. Molecule. And if, if you take it, you're going to die early. <laughs> and so I, I hate to keep referencing Francie, but Francie told me the Bible says that history repeats itself. I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah. So, you know, I am a, a, a registered Republican, but I am praying more now for the country, I think, than I ever have. Yeah, absolutely. But there's, a, there's I think, uh, you know, 
it really is what I'm good at is crime and anything to do with crime prevention, retention, punishment, what makes up. And I can't believe how some states not well, not Tennessee, but they are letting crime go by like, oh, it's okay. You just made a mistake. Yeah. You know, Utah just uh, legalized all drugs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. You don't go to jail no more. Oh, my goodness. And so a lot of my drug addict friends are heading to Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. uh, I think I think that, you know, I guess they wanted the uh, criminal vote. Yeah. And they got it. Oh, they got it. There's no doubt about they that. Got it. They got it. So that astounds me until they become a victim. Yeah. And it's just like all the uh, God bless them, the Democrats, when the White House got Rated, yeah. Well, they they're upset because throw them in jail, throw away the key, and they're just giving them summons, you know. And then <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. The Democrats are like they need to be buried under the jail. <laughs> well, that's not what you said when it came to assault or yep. drugs or. So that's what's really unbelievably to me to me is how the government is letting crime yeah. just run rampant. It's such a double standard, such, such hypocrisy. They say one thing and uh, do another. You're exactly right. Oh, exactly. Until they become a victim. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then all of a sudden it changes the game real quick. Yeah, you're exactly right. right. Sen- Senator Paul Rand, God bless his soul, he's a Republican. So I, I uh, lobbied to get some of his ideas about bail bonds. He said, well, they don't need to pay a bond. They just can get in and out. And then his neighbor beat him up really bad. They got in a, like a wage wow. deal in the driveway, but broke his leg or his arm or something. And boy, Senator Paul <laughs> Rand wanted him thrown in jail. <laughs> I sent Senator Rand a bouquet of flowers <laughs> from dog to bounty hunter and said, here you go. <laughs> Smell them, Senator. <laughs> you know, I, I just say when they when they become a victim, yeah, is one they're like, whoa, wow. There's some that really don't know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're not raised in glass houses, but they're they don't know what crime is, and I I, I guess I'm giving them a way out when I say that. Yep. It's completely ridiculous. It is. It is. Anything on the horizon for you coming up? Any books? Any any special shows or anything like that, that you could talk about? Anything coming down the pike? Well, we do have a couple of things coming down the pike, and we're we need a tent. Mm. Well, we need. I'm in a big home. one right now. <laughs> a big one. <laughs> You're on our list, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, Francie said y'all was going to come visit us. I said y'all got to come see this tent. It's going to be bigger after this weekend. We just keep expanding it. We're growing by leaps and bounds. I so heard that. We Robbie can help you find Robbie a tent. Do- yeah, Robbie Dawkins. You know who's Robbie Dawkins? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. We were at his service we did a little gig with him yeah it's not called a gig when you preach but yeah, it's all right. i'd rather say gig than preach it's a gospel gig and, <laughs> a, a gospel gig a holy ghost hotel <laughs> and they all of them were talking about you and they said oh man he's got tents down there and yeah. I, that's what i yeah we're gonna do some tent revivals yep. motorhome state to state yeah. you know we're gonna get on the road and spread the word and it's I, i'm so excited and I, I, I don't want to say this, but yeah. it's been many, many years since I have seen. I meet a lot of people that are demon possessed. I get I'm attracted demons. Yeah, I'm attracted by them. Yeah, so, I got you. 
we were at a meeting and this kid had one and the young guy that was praying with him said, would you like to be released from this? And he said, yeah, it's a demon. Hmm. And so the guy laid hands on him and started, you know, in Jesus name, I thought the guy, I thought the, the demon possessed kid was leaving his feet. He wow. Shaking all over and screaming that sound, sound like a train. Yep. And, you know, I thought, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I mean, I was like goosebumps. Uh, the, we call it Christian chicken skin. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like holding on to my Francie, you know, because wow. I know that demon goes to and fro looking. Yes. He can devour. <laughs> and I and then after he was released, the demon manifested. The kid hung in there praying for him. And the guy got, you know, the demon was released. And that kid raised his hands and started praising the Lord. Wow. And as the king in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's fire, they said, and his consonants changed. Mm. I think that means his facial appearance. Yeah, absolutely it does. It looked completely different. Same shirt. It didn't change color. Wow. It was red. But he looked completely different than when he did before they started casting demons out. So wow. I, I uh, you know, I'm going to go bounty hunting souls. Yeah. Amen. Instead of inst- like you do instead yeah. of the, the body itself. Well, I believe the Lord's got a lot more of that for you, my friend. I guarantee you, I, I believe you're anointed for such a time as this. I believe he's going to raise you up. I believe he's going to take somebody like you with your voice and your characteristics and your abilities. And I believe you're going to reach a lot of people, even that pastor Greg Locke cannot reach. And so, man, I, I'm going to team up with you. We're going to get together. I'll help you find as many tents as you need. And uh, it's going to be beautiful because I believe there's a lot of people out there that won't help. And like you said, it's not just that you're drawn to them. It's that they're drawn to you. They're drawn to that spirit in you because they want deliverance. They want help. And when they pass up somebody that they know can help them, I'm telling you, inside of them, they know it's kind of like that maniac of Gadara. The Bible said that he came to where Jesus was. Jesus didn't have to look for him. As soon as Jesus got off the boat, there he comes. Why? Because people just want help. Night and day, they're just crying for help. And when they see one of us and they know that we've got enough power to help them, man, they're there. And so, man, I I claim that for you guys. I know the Lord's going to use you guys in unbelievable ways. I I can't wait to get down here to Nashville and uh, we can chit-chat. I know... uh, you know, our, our ladies are really going to get along. They, they have a lot of heartbeat in the same area of reaching Correct. people and sex trafficking and all of that. And, and I think it's going to be a, a, a beautiful marriage together, if you will. So, man, yes, I, I can't thank, thank you enough you for being on the show. I know you're a super busy guy, but, man, thanks for being on On Point today. Oh, and, no, brother, you're very welcome. And amen. one last thing. Yeah, absolutely. The reason, I, the reason this is happening, we all are getting together. Yeah. And, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but... <laughs> Bible says in the last days, I shall pour out yes. my spirit upon all flesh. <laughs> and they're coming up to you and me and the grocery stores, not even knowing who we are and yep. saying, would you pray for us? Yes. Or this or, it wasn't like this even five years ago. You're exactly right. There, God said, I will open up the heavens yes. and pour my spirit upon <laughs> all flesh. And I'm half Apache. That means all tribes. In Every one country. of them. Amen. And they're all coming to the Lord. Yes. Because this is our, uh, I, I, I don't want to say Jesus is coming soon, but I do want to say we have entered into the last 
times yes and the last days amen so i know that's what's going on so absolutely man i love you brother and god is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh and here's what i tell folks and with this we'll, we'll end i'm not praying for just another great awakening i'm praying for the greatest awakening that we have ever seen and i believe we have begun the days i believe the groundswell the foundation has been poured and i believe god's going to use people like you and myself and so many others as a mighty army rising up and we're going to see a host of souls just reached for the gospel and for the kingdom that we never could have imagined. So, man, I'm, I'm honored to be your friend. I'm honored to be on the same team, and I believe God's going to do some great and mighty things. Thank you, brother. Love you. Thank I love you, you my friend. Much. I'll see you soon Aloha. under the tent. Aloha. Yes, sir. Aloha. <laughs> God bless you.